Consider the following, and some of the results you will hardly believe. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Teacher Turn Alchemist podcast episode number two. Phew, I did it guys. I am officially unemployed, <laughs> meaning I've officially exited the public school system. I did a terrible job podcasting before the end of the school year because it all just seemed to happen in a blink. Sorry, by the way, my name is Lydia. I did this during episode one where I was all excited to get out what was on my mind. I didn't introduce myself and I promised myself that I would not do it again on this episode. So if you're new, a big happy welcome to you. This is a podcast of my journey leaving the teaching world towards becoming an entrepreneur and becoming a kombucha taproom business owner, which also trains and employs young adults with exceptionalities. So again, welcome to you. So like stating before, I've officially ended the school year and also have left teaching full time to pursue this dream. It was an interesting goodbye, I gotta say. If you can call it a goodbye, as the whole COVID pandemic impacted the last couple of months, I went back to school one last time to clean out my desk, give back my laptop, and arrange my classroom. And although I knew it would be weird, it wasn't until I actually walked through the threshold of my classroom that it hit me. The room was still frozen in time. Remember, the last day of school for me was March 13th. And so St. Patrick's Day tablecloth was laid out. There was a short poem on my board about winter disappearing that was still there. And my classic messy-ish desk, which is pretty characteristic of me on a Friday afternoon, not knowing that it was going to be the last time um, that I would be in my classroom for several months. And as I stood there, I, I did feel all the feels. I described in my first episode my raw thoughts about how I felt after school was canceled. And yes, I did feel all those feels. You know, I looked over the kitchen area and I imagine my students diligently working on making their lunches. I was a special needs teacher and so um, I taught young adults independent living skills. I saw the closed door in the corner of the room to our friendly school nurse that always has been so supportive. The kitchen table that often all of us staff would meet around in the morning as we began our days. All the filing folders of the students with their names on it filled with all of their hard work. And when I should have felt sad, although I did have my moment to feel sad, in that moment in my classroom, I felt proud. And not in the prideful way, but, but proud to experience this, this, this whole thing, this being school, teaching, especially in that classroom. I was proud to have experienced it when it was just in full working order. And in that moment, I had a flashback of my first year of teaching. And I, li I literally laughed standing there, remembering the experiences and the serious blunders that I had made. This year marked my seventh year teaching. And in those seven years, I feel I've come into my own person more. I am pretty wordy as I often process my thoughts audibly. You're going to hear that a lot. Um, and my husband often will lightheartedly joke that I do not make sense. So I apologize if this next part seems a little wonky, but I have to realize that this is what the podcast should celebrate, right? It's me and all my wonkiness. <laughs> so anywho, when I say I have come into my own person, I feel that I am a better communicator. I'm a better problem solver, a go with the flow person, <laughs> although my friends would laugh. 
I am pretty stick to the book for the most part, but I have dubbed myself over the years as what I would, in air quotes, a spontaneous planner, allowing myself to, especially as a teacher, to let things go off track a little more over the years and just be more in the moment. You know, those teachable moments. And often those moments are the ones that I remember the most fondly. And after seven years, I feel comfortable teaching. And I've really seen a trajectory of my progress and lessons learned over the past seven years. I I remember one of my professors back at Ball State uh, in college saying that to become a master of a particular skill, you have to put in X amount of hours. I forget the amount of hours or the equivalent of seven years hard work. And here I am at that point. And okay, I'm not tooting my own horn, but again, from year one baby teacher Lydia to year seven teacher Lydia, I feel as though I've mastered many concepts. And that is not to say I couldn't master more and that I am done learning. That is not to say that at all. But it did get me thinking about this new path that I'm on. So to become a kombucha extraordinaire and business owner, there is a long stretch ahead of me. It's been hard for me to sometimes want to get going on this venture as I see so many action steps and I know that there are a lot of unforeseeable action steps that I'm not even aware of yet. I want to start my Instagram. I want to do another podcast. I want to make my website look better. And oh yeah, and I want to sell all of this delicious kombucha. Where to begin? Like where to begin? And oh my goodness, how much is this going to cost me? Like do you see the fireworks going off in my brain? It's difficult to not fall prey to the get-rich-quick schemes, and I find myself trying to look for loopholes still to get this business started faster. But I have to be reminded that there are rare circumstances, more than not, that you know those companies that seemingly get rich quick probably put in a whole lot of work and hours to get to where they are. And I have to keep at the forefront of my mind seven years to be a master. <laughs> I'm sorry, whenever I think of master, for some reason, it makes me think of being a Pokemon master. Do you guys remember what Pokemon is? Was? <laughs> I, I picture myself as like Ash Ketchum trying to master all these entrepreneurial skills and catch them all. Okay, again, I'm audibly processing. I'm probably seriously dating myself there, but oh well. If I can relate Ash Ketchum to my roadmap in life, I've got to be doing something right, right? <laughs> My favorite was Snorlax, by the way, in case you're wondering. Um, It's been increasingly important for me to realize and focus on what I have done instead of what I have not done. And, you know, I have done a lot of things that I am really proud of that I just want to share because, again, this is my audible journal of all things. So I was able to create my website. I'd love for you to check it out. My business is called Living Simple, Living Full Kombucha, and you can visit me over at livingsimplelivingfull.com. I spent hours and hours figuring out how to embed pictures, buttons, etc. that I now have a working framework that I don't mind showing to the general public. I have a lot of ideas moving forward of how to improve the website's design overall, but I'm still proud of what I have so far. And the next progress made was the volume of my kombucha batches. I've been brewing for about a year for just my consumption, And I was nowhere near the scale of making it for more people. So I needed to get more batch supplies to increase my volume. For those of you unfamiliar with what kombucha is, I will be going into more detail on another podcast really soon. 
But for the sake of what I'll be chatting about, a quick summary is that kombucha is a fermented tea that contains a lot of great bacteria for your body. And don't let bacteria fool you. It's good bacteria, okay? It's been consumed for thousands of years and it's made with simple ingredients of tea, sugar, and what's called a symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast, which is known in the kombucha world lovingly as a scoby. So going back to me collecting more batch supplies, I needed more vessels to brew my tea, which usually comes in the form of a large glass or ceramic containers anywhere from between one to two and a half gallons is the size in which I prefer, although each brewer is different. My Grammy actually offered to donate four one-gallon glass jars that she had in her attic, bless her heart. So that was a huge money saver. And I went online and I purchased a few more to make a total of around six and a half gallons of kombucha. Not too bad. So with the quantity I was able to brew, I had enough for me. That's super important. I love drinking it. And I also had enough to share with my friends. I had asked slash coursed a couple of my friends to sample my brews and give me some honest feedback. My goal is to have about 20 samplers and share different flavor profiles and eventually be able to narrow it down to a select three to five flavors that I can focus on to kind of make my like go-to flavors for when I sell my kombucha to the community and at farmer's markets. And I felt pretty darn confident and I enjoyed the last few brew, that's really hard to say, few brews that I had made that I decided to make up some new flavor ideas and those would be the ones that my friends would sample. So I set up a drop off time and I waited until the night before delivery to check on and to sample my brews. Now, pro tip, I learned the hard way. <laughs> Never wait until the last minute to sample brews before delivery. I'll meet you back in a second to tell you about how that went downhill quick right after the short break. I guess I should have known the flavors would be off. It's like when your mom tells you not to dye your hair black before school picture day in high school, but you don't listen and in your pictures your hair is so jet black and you have a little purple mark across your forehead where you couldn't get off the dye. No, just me. <laughs> I love that black hair for the record. Well, anyway, I made two flavors. One of those flavors was apple and ginger. And what's nice about kombucha is that you can add really any flavor profile that you'd like. You can enjoy it plain, which has its own unique flavoring, um, but you can also flavor it with lots of different fruits and herbs and things like that. And so again, my flavor was apple and ginger. And the first warning with this flavor was the terrible sulfur smell. Think like rotten eggs, nasty fart. Yeah, that type of smell was like wafting up as soon as I opened the bottle. And oh, no, this didn't just like waft up. Is it waft or waft? I'm going to say waft. <laughs> and when I opened it, apparently I let it ferment a little longer than I should have because it fizzed and exploded in my sink. The glass was fine, but the liquid inside sprayed out. Great. Hopefully flavor two is a winner, I thought. So this flavor, the other one I made, consisted of blackberries and ginger. I was digging the ginger at the time, I guess. And when I sampled it, even I, who enjoys really vinegary foods, was a little stunned at the tartness. Kombucha, when done properly, should have a tart, slightly sour, and brief sweet note to it. Also depending on what additional flavors you might add. 
I thought to myself, okay, do I just cancel these drop-offs or should I do it anyway? My three friends who were sampling were all teaching coworkers, ranging in the I drink kombucha everyday range to the I'm scared of it, but I'll try it and support you kind of zone. I was not afraid about my kombucha loving friend trying it because she knew the different variations and kind of what to expect. But I was afraid to have my friend who has never tried kombucha before have this, this tart explosion of a surprise be her first taste. Again, seven years to become a master. <laughs> eh, I went for it. What's the worst that could have happened, right? They dump it in front of me and continue to support me. And it actually turned out not being that bad. For the record, the apple and ginger flavor tasted decent. It just smelled like a middle school boy after playing soccer. So my friends reported that it was good, but agreed that the blackberry ginger flavor was very tart. <laughs> One reported it as burning her throat. Oops. <laughs> I suggested to dilute it with water. To which one said that that was way easier to consume. So sweet. Uh, so what, what do I learn from this? Well, I learned a whole lot. I've learned to think through my flavors more in the last month and brew for slightly shorter periods of time, which can result in a less tart taste. And a few weeks back, I'm really excited. I went all out and I bought about 160 small glass four ounce bottles so that I can spread out my samples to more people. And in this next group of people, I have a few who are supporters, but they're not close friends of mine. It's a little scary to think about not having like super close friends trying them. But if I eventually want to serve random strangers, I have to nail down my flavor profile. And I appreciate those people who support me. So thank you. Speaking of support, I would love for you to join me on my email club. If you visit my website, livingsimplelivingfull.com, you're going to see a place to sign up for my email club. It's a couple times on that front homepage. Another goal of mine that I'm working on right now is to start sending out regular emails to you if you are interested. Not spammy emails, but just a drop in here or there. And of course, you would be first to hear of any announcements moving forward, such as when you can officially buy my brews, when I go live at Farmer's Market, new podcast episodes, workshop, fundraisers, or just a picture of my cat because she's also a big part of my life. <laughs> no, I won't do that, I promise. But really, I would also just love to hear from you and who you are and why you chose to join me here. Are you a fellow brewer or do you love kombucha? Are you a teacher or have you been a teacher? Are you a special needs advocate? I would love to know. You can always connect with me by emailing me directly at livingsimplelivingfull at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. You know, as I go through this journey, I'm reminded time and time again, I am freaking pumped to be doing this. And I'm just so happy to have the opportunity to try out all of these things. Even though I'm not going to become an immediate business master or get rich quickly, I'm reminded that this is all part of what I'm learning and it's developing me more as a person. Maybe there's something in your life that you're asking yourself, should I do it or should I not? What I'm going to say to that is that you can always try. You can always try something different. And if it doesn't work, keep working at it. And if it doesn't work, you can pivot and try something else. 
to be honest, I'm still keeping my teaching license. I, I don't know if this is a security blanket or not, but I told myself, I want to give my best efforts towards this business for the next three years. I believe at a three-year point, maybe not exactly three years, but that is a significant amount of time to see if I made serious progress and if my goals still align with my dreams and what I want it to do and what I want to do with that. And if I would like to go back to teaching, I have that option. But within my seven years of teaching, I figured out quite a lot. But also in the same seven years, I took a big pivot and continued to take those goals that I had and I shaped them into what I want in my life and I'm trying this new thing. Knowing that I have that choice to at least try something is so encouraging and I hope it is encouraging to you. And I also hope I made sense again. Hello, Wordy Lydia. (laughs) Thank you again for listening to my podcast. I know this podcast is not perfect. I'm really breathy. I'm wordy. I jump all over the place. But again, I see this podcast as a place where I can see growth. I'm trying something new and I know that I will get better. In next week's episode, I'm going to dive into all things kombucha. Are there truly health benefits to drinking it? Will I immediately poop after drinking it? Is there alcohol in this? Is this keto? All that and more on next week's episode. In the meantime, thanks for listening. Be well and cheers. Cheers.